February 13, 2017, 13-year-old Abby Williams and 14-year-old Liberty German were dropped off by Libby's older sister, Kelsey, at Trailhead on County Road 300 North, just west of the Hoosier Heartland Highway. The girls were hiking on the Monon High Bridge over Deer Creek among woodland in Deer Creek Township when they were last seen. They were reported missing at 5.30 p.m. when they failed to arrive at a meeting point to be picked up. Authorities did not suspect foul play in the disappearance until the bodies of the girls were found the next day, known now worldwide as the Delphi Murders. It's been a little over two years, and no arrests have been made in this case. And now, the Crime Pursuit podcast team is in pursuit, trying to find answers on just exactly what happened on February 13th, 2017. So let's join the pursuit, Delphi Unsolved. here and this is the first episode this is a new thing jackie this is crime pursuit podcast i am your host ed bounds i'm jackie vest your co-host and we have heather france yes and we're up and running um we had a lot of work to do <laughs> so didn't we <laughs> yes yes we did so um well we here um, we want to give you a little rundown. This is the first, uh, me and Jackie both have done podcasts before. Um, but this, what we're doing is something different. 
Um, we are both passionate about what we do along with uh, Heather France. Um, so to give you a little background, Jackie, give our listeners a little background about, you know, you and what you're doing. Um, well, a little bit about myself. Um, I worked with people in recovery for a few years. Uh, and then I switched lanes a little bit and started doing journalism and writing. Um, found my way into investigative journalism, which I'm really passionate about now because uh, it helps doing shows like we're doing. It helps in finding out what we need and working good with our private investigators. So it helps good with that sense. Um, I'm also an author. I've been working on my own personal memoir on the side a little bit. Um, it's still got a lot of ways to go, but I'm a mother of three and well, five altogether. I have two stepchildren and I have a wonderful fiance. Um, that's about it about me. Okay. <laughs> All right. I stay busy. Yeah. And so you really have a passion for this. I do. Know? Crime, um, even unsolved things, uh, missing children, abducted women. There's, there's a lot of that in the United States. There's a lot of it in the world, but in the United States, there's a massive, a massive amount of abductions and missing children and unsolved cases. There's the amount of it in our country is extreme. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. We also, we have, uh, Heather France. Uh, she's our, uh, private investigator with us. Uh, Heather France, um, go ahead and give the listeners a little bit about your background. Well, my name is Heather. As, as, uh, as Ed mentioned, um, I am a licensed private investigator in the state of Indiana. Um, I have a master's degree in criminal justice and forensic psychology. Um, my passion is all sorts of investigations. I also own a private investigation agency called RH Private Investigations, and we handle a huge wide variety of different cases, um, missing persons, you name it, you know, we, we handle those type of cases. But my passion with um, investigations is specifically forensic profiling. Um, I, I don't know why, but just from a very young age, I've I've always loved profiling and profiling individuals um, and, and all the aspects of the forensic psychology aspects that comes into crime, what makes people tick and why do people do what they do. Um, so that's what has drawn me to um, the cases that we're looking into, specifically cold cases. Um, those are things that are very interesting to me, especially just finding, um, hopefully finding answers for cases that may not have had answers for many years. Um, ultimately, I just, I just feel like my passion is to help um, and help get answers or help solve, solve things if they're, if they're solvable. So um, I, on the side, a personal note, I am a mother of twin daughters, identical twin daughters. However, I also, we're a blended family. I have four other stepdaughters. So we have six daughters, um, wow. my husband and myself, and we are definitely never, there's never a dull moment for us. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay, all right. Awesome. Um, now, a little bit about me. Um, in my younger years, uh, you know, Jackie, you know me for years. I used to gangbang and be involved in street gangs and drugs and, and weapons and stuff, and eventually, you know, winded me up in prison. So, um, so I spent uh, quite a bit of time being locked up, and in that time of being locked up, 
unfortunately, I shared cells with uh, serial killers, murderers, uh, you know, you, you name it, just horrible people. And, you know, I've, I've heard their stories, uh, them being in prison for life, never getting ready to get, they're never getting out. And, you know, hearing those stories and, you know, hearing their sickened thoughts and having no no remorse for what they done. And there was a couple that, that did, but the, the most majority that uh, I did share rooms with or sales with, uh, they didn't have remorse. And it was just sickening to hear uh, what they done and, and not to have any remorse for it. So um, as I got older and everything, I got away from every, you know, all the crazy stuff. And uh, I have five children and three great uh, three grandchildren. I'm going to say great grandchildren. <laughs> what am I doing? And so, um, you know, so I turned my life around and, you know, been working a full time job for years. And and when we we did a show with the Tricia Reitler, um, she was a missing student that's been missing for 26 years. Yes. And we got to speak with the mother and her father. And listening to Donna Reitler's uh, story, Reitler's story, uh, it was it was just it was just horrible because I I mean after all these years she still haven't hasn't given up, mm-hmm. and it and it touched me it really did, and I've always been in the crime show true crime I, ever since you know I go all the way back from Perry Mason <laughs> in the morning so <laughs> you know I've always been in this thing. And so, you know, me and Jackie, we sat down and we talked and uh, we talked it over with Donna and, and we, this is the thing we want to do. This is mm-hmm. what, this is what we want to do from, from here on out. But it, it ain't just about getting on here telling the story. We want to get involved. And by getting involved, when I mean directly talking with the families, directly trying to visit the past crime scenes. So... Let's be clear. We're not trying to be police. We're not trying to be uh, special detectives. That is not what we're here for. We want to be able to provide new leads, possible evidence, to the state police or FBI or local police. So somebody in every cold case knows something. There's always somebody. You can't convince me different. Correct. So that's why we're here. So now... Um, we are here with our very first, and this is Delphi Unsolved. And tonight we have a very special uh, guest with us. Um, her name is Carrie Timmons. She is the mother of Libby German. Now, uh, we have her by phone because she lives in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, Carrie, can you hear us? Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Hello, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carrie, um, you was at uh, mm-hmm. CrimeCon um, all weekend. Give us the experience of what that was like. What what happened there? Well, I was only there for Saturday, um, but it was rather interesting. There were people everywhere. I saw Andy Gray. Um, I saw a lot of people I didn't know. Not heard a lot of names I'd never heard. Um, it was it, it was definitely an experience being to sit in on the uh, family panel for the girls. Yes. Yeah. So you said you got to meet Nancy Grace? I didn't get to meet her. I was like two foot from her, but I, I missed her meet and greet. So um, I was like two foot from her, but couldn't get past the security. 
security guard. <laughs> so um, now the Nancy Grace, she she covered uh, the Delphi case when it first happened, right? Yes. Yes, she did. Okay. Okay. Great. So um, you got to meet a lot of different podcasters, uh, a lot of you know anchors and stuff like that, right? I got to see a lot. I didn't really have a lot of time there. I got in late. I was. I did not know what to expect. I wasn't really um, sure what all CrimeCon was about. And I got there a little late, and I was only there for Saturday. So I didn't really get to see and do all of the things that that are available. But I'm looking forward to going next year. Okay. Do yeah. you know, Do you know where it's going to be at next year? Um, actually, I think it's in Florida. Oh, okay. Because I had told the team I was taking them next year. Um, so definitely, and yes, we're going. So uh, now that they're going to be in Florida, we know we definitely got to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a weekend it's a weekend situation. You're coming up, so it's a what? If I can find my, my program. I'm gonna grab my program and see exactly where it was. Oh okay. Um, You'll definitely know what to expect next time when you go to CrimeCon then. Oh absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, and I'll be way better prepared, and we'll hopefully be able to spend the whole time there. Oh okay, great. Is it just a weekend event? Yes, it's a weekend event. I, th- I believe they started on Thursday and it went through yesterday. Oh okay, okay. So in Sunday, okay. So uh, I'm, I believe your daughter, your other daughter, she was there along with her grandparents, right? Yes. Okay. All yes, right. I got to see them. It was great. All right. Good. 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 All right. So let's get to it. Um, let's talk about February thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Okay. Where was you at and, you know, what happened? Um, I was at work when I got the phone call. Um, I was actually just getting off work that evening, and Kelsey called me. Um, at that point, of course, the girls were, were only missing. We didn't know what was going on. So um, I, was at, I was just getting off work when Kelsey called me quite a night um, where we just kind of, I was, I was here in, in Lexington and had to kind of wait I didn't have transportation to get up there until the next day, um, and of course, the next day they were both found. The bodies both were found. Um, was you already in Delphi when they were found, or was you on your way? I was actually gassing up a car and getting. I was on my. Way, I was getting ready to get on my way when Derek called me and told me that they had found the girl. Okay, Aww. man. So the rest of your ride. You know, back to Delphi. Um, was probably the longest yeah, car ride you've yeah, ever had to yeah. take. Um, honestly, normally it takes about four to, four to four and a half hours, and it felt like days. Oh. Yeah. It yeah. was awful. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm sure you had a lot of questions when um, you got to Delphi. Um, you felt like you, you wanted to know immediately who was responsible. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you had had a, a previous conversation with, with uh, Libby that, that day or the next day or earlier that day? I talked to Libby that morning, whether it was through messaging or text or, you know, Snapchat, whatever. Yeah. We, we, we had conversations throughout the day almost every day. Okay. Um, that morning, I was on my way to work, and... Um, like every morning when I got my, my two younger girls up, I would send Kelsey and Libby both a good morning text um, or Snapchat or whatever. And I had sent her one that morning, of course, and 
um, she called, I think she, she was video chatting with me or called me or something on my way to work. Okay. It was just on Snapchat because I was like, why, why are you in bed? Because, <laughs> you know, it was a Monday. Right. Why are you in bed at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Monday? And she said, oh, we have the day off school. And, you know, we just had a little normal chit-chat. I went on to work and we, we, we chatted off and on that morning um, while I was at work. And these were actually the last conversations I had with her. Okay, okay. Little did I know. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, of course, no one knows. that You don't even expect to think this would happen to your children. So I understand. No, never. Right. Um, so how long did you stay in Delphi, you know, once you arrived? Um, I was there. I actually stayed at my Kentucky Patty. Um, I got there that afternoon. And I stayed until a day or two after the funeral, so near a week. Okay. okay. I slept in my daughter's bed, stayed in the room. Yeah. Wore her clothes. Yeah. Now, when you stayed uh, there with the Patties, um, where did you sleep that night? In Libby's bed. And, you know, me and you previously talked about that, and... You know, sitting there, you know, as a mother, knowing that she's never going to be able to, you know, come back to this bed ever again. And knowing that you will never have that conversation, that that good morning text. Was you thinking about, I need to know who did this? Honestly, I really still felt like it was not real. Like, I just wanted to wake up. It had to be a nightmare. It couldn't possibly be happening. Um, I think I was still really expecting her to pop up when I saw her in her casket, you know, like, ah, gotcha. Now, now I'm just full of anger. And you, and you have every right to be. You have every right to be. I understand. Yes. Yeah, you have every right to be. Um, Carrie, do you feel like the police are getting any closer in the investigation with the girls' murders? <laughs> Honestly? Yes, be honest, no. please. <laughs> no. No, you don't. No, I don't. I don't think they know what they're doing. I honestly, when this new sketch was released in April, I was, I don't even know that I've really picked my jaw up off the floor still. I was going to ask you about that. Um, what were your thoughts about the new sketch release being released? Like what, what went through your mind when it was released? Not sure I can say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, uh, no, I mean, I'm not sure that it's certainly not a clean thought. Um, I, I was I was flabbergasted, completely blown away. Right. Uh, More like in shock, kind am. of? Absolutely. I still am. I'm still questioning, what the hell? Two years later, like, I, I just, I still really don't understand. Right. And there's a I lot of people that uh, feel the same way about the sketches that I have asked and interviewed. They're, they really just don't understand that. Well, I mean, I get that they are trained and have some sort of experience in what they're doing. Right. It just doesn't seem like it. It just doesn't feel like that to right. us, you know, because we're not on that side, so we don't know what they know. Right. But from the outside looking in, Right, 
it seems like they don't know anything. It seems like they don't know, like, I, I really don't know how to put it into words. It almost feels like they're stuck. They've been on a wild goose chase for two years looking for someone who, now we like, a totally different person. I don't understand. Yeah. Well, um, in the last press conference from the uh, superintendent of the Indiana State Police, uh, I remember he made mention that he spoke with the families and that he had asked the media not to contact the family for at least two weeks. Uh, were you right. a, were you aware of that and what was going on regarding that? Because it's been way longer than two weeks, so I figured it was okay that I could ask you that. <laughs> well, I was in on that that, uh, that meeting. Um, <coughs> I, w I was in there in there when he when they told us what was going to happen at the press conference, um, and I can tell you that each one of us was just as shocked. Okay. You know, it wasn't like I was more shocked than anybody else. Somebody else had some kind of inside info. None of us knew what was going on. Okay. And. I'm so sorry, I forgot what your question even was. <laughs> well, I w the question was, what, um, you know, he said that he wanted the media not to contact the families for at least two weeks. Uh, did you ever right. make sense of that? Um, well, no, we, we didn't. Uh, when he asked us, he was like, he wanted us, basically, he was like, we just want, um, honestly, I felt like, when he said two weeks, it's like they felt like maybe something was going to happen okay. in that two-week time period, like they were going to catch him or right. something. I, I, I don't know. I still really don't understand why they said two weeks. You know, don't talk for two weeks. Right. Right. No, I didn't either. It still doesn't make any sense now. Right. You know? And, and it's been longer than that. That's why I asked. <laughs> you know, so. Right. Um, and I, was, I mean, you also could like, Specific don't talk because such and such other than it was like if we don't release something and then you're all speculating and then it's like a game of telephone and it just becomes a big mess like it's been anyway so I, right, <laughs> I don't right. know. do you think though the two we weeks for coming from carter could also meant you know i just released this information to the family give them two weeks to kind of take this all in this new information before they're bombarded with questions by the media you know, give them I'm some. I'm sure that was a, it was a part of it, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. And I mean, because we really didn't know any more than what they were saying anyway at the press conference. So it wasn't like they could, that media or anybody could come to us and ask us questions because we still didn't really know. Uh, I still don't know what's going on. Okay. So, you so know, they made a few, they made some adjustments. One of them was they added the, the actual video, a few second video of him yeah. walking. Then they added uh, a, a small piece of audio clip. Right. So did that ever make sense, or did they ever make mention regarding that? Not really. Okay. Um, I believe that that was a lot of, I think the public maybe helped with some of that. Um, I know that I have, we've got a lot of people behind the scenes doing different things, and I think that a lot of people, you know, were really pushing for, you know, let us see how we walk. Yeah. And a lot of us wanted to know, well, maybe that would help us to know his gait. Okay. You know, to see how, 
how he is moving across that bridge. Okay. Okay. Um, I totally wasn't expecting that little bit of, of audio. Okay. Uh, well, I wasn't expecting any of this, so. Yeah. But um, I'm not really sure how that plays in. Okay. I'm not sure really what that change is other than just giving another word to hear. To, to me, um, and this is just my opinion, but when he says guys, that makes it almost a little more familiar, maybe. Okay. Um. I don't know. Okay. I'm not real sure what, if they just thought that maybe they were releasing a little bit more of his voice, somebody would hear it and, and be like, oh, yeah, that is my uncle or... Or my buddy. Or whatever. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. My fishing buddy, my hunting exactly. buddy. Exactly. Yeah. Heather, you got any questions? Um, I don't have any questions yet. Just more of the two, back to the two weeks. It is a little perplexing why they gave a, a definite two-week Time period, and the only thing I can think of is, like they said, it, it could cause confusion, um, or if say it didn't make sense to even the family members, they wouldn't want maybe the media to contact the family members and the family members saying, "I don't know that they even, you know, kind of what we're saying here is I don't think they have a clue of what right. they're doing," and so I almost wonder, but it, it still is a little perplexing why. Two weeks. I mean, you know, it could have been a week, it could have been a month, but why two weeks? So I think that's something Honestly, that I'll definitely um, look into more, too. That's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Well, you get the impression that they wanted it to be longer. Um, like, they did want it to be a month or two months or even just <laughs> Don't talk. <laughs> yeah. But they knew <clears throat> that the media is what's helping us keep this story alive. Yes. The, the, you know, the media is her mm -hmm, friend. Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes it doesn't look like it, and sometimes things get a little twisted, but the media is the ones keeping this in the public eye. Well, um, everybody's and, been really... I have a I have a quick question. Um, what, I guess, did the police, you mentioned that they were, uh, they just kind of prompted you briefly before the, before the release. Um, did they give any other inkling that they may actually have a suspect but they really just kind of want to keep it on the DL or did you guys get that that sense whatsoever? No, um, honestly, when we were in the, the little room and, and had the talk before, he pretty much told us almost word for word what he said in the press conference. Oh, so wow. I think... We were all, because the entire family was sitting there, and, you know, he says the same things that we're all kind of just, like, looking around, like, really? What? Heather, um, mm. that's interesting to me. they had a specific suspect or uh, even even an idea. They just mm -hmm. thought that he would be there. You would think they, they, they would... That he could possibly be there. They, Carrie, you would think that they would uh, speak to you guys being family a little bit more differently or right. kind of change up from the press conference speaking to the family um, as to the public. You know what I mean? Like that to me doesn't make any sense. I absolutely agree with you. So right. then we went out into the press conference and I heard basically the same thing for the second time. I was kind of like, wow. And I'll be honest, this was the first time that I actually had sat in on a family meeting with law enforcement. 
I wonder if that's so what I they normally it. do because that's that to me sounds a little cold-hearted to be mm-hmm. that way. You would think you would be a little bit more uh, s- sensitive and sentimental with the family than what was released in the press conference. Well, I mean, there was a little bit of other outside talk I w- aside from, you know, right, whatever. Right. But as far as what he, like, they, they literally took us into a room and told us what the whole idea, the premise of going into this room was to let the family know prior to the press conference what was going to happen at this press conference. Because we were all on pins and needles. Like, what is going on? And um, hmm. I think, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if that's the typical way that it works. Because like I said, that was the first family meeting that I was able to yeah. sit in on. I don't know. Maybe. And it, it, can really it can be. It can be. It can be. Um, I mean, I guess just to chime in a little bit on the other side of it, it can be that they come across as very sterile to family members, especially when they don't have, per se, a suspect, or maybe they have some people in mind. The reason sometimes they will come across that way and they will not release information is because, in their mind, everyone is still a suspect. You know, and I hate to say that, but in the police world, you know, they have to, in their mind, think, okay, everybody here could still potentially be a suspect. So they don't want to reveal too much information really to anybody. And, and it, it comes across as cold-hearted. But on the flip side of that, I mean, I guess what I would like to do, too, is I hope we can, um, with your help, Carrie, is squash some of the rumors out there, yes. too, like uh, that have been floating and circulating out there just as to what has been released, what hasn't been released, what is fact, what isn't fact. I think that'll help, I know, us tremendously, and hopefully maybe help somebody listening that somebody knows something. Um, So if we can do that, too. But just to give a little bit of insight, that's likely why they come across the way they do. I think a lot of outside drama has gotten brought into the whole situation. and some people just like feed off of that drama and will run with the smallest tidbit and yes. it's crazy. I so agree. I would absolutely love to squash the rumors. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a it's a small town. I mean, you know how really all towns, but small towns especially, they operate on rumor mills. They operate on hey, I you know, and, and as sick as it is, there's people that'll make up stories just to get their name out there, just to get. They're two two seconds of air time. You know, it's sad, but there's quite a lot of people that are like that. So that's why I want us to be able to squash those, only present the facts that we know, and, you know, we we have our own ideas. So, and and kind of put those pieces together. Well, that's a good thing to be able to squash rumors, but, you know, um, because there's a lot of them, and we'll address a lot of them during the show later on. Um, And it's glad... I'm mm-hmm. glad you were able to, uh, you know, come out and say something about it because you are the mother. You are family, so uh, yes. y- you know what's yeah. really going on. And we're, you know what, uh, Carrie, mm-hmm. we're not going to hold you up long. We know you are busy, working woman and everything, um, and we really appreciate you. You know, men, you've been, you know, dealing with this since you came here on the show uh, on the last podcast we had. and. Yeah. You know, I'm still praying for you, honey. Yes, most and definitely. You oh, know, I I'm telling you, we all are. We yeah, all are. Yeah, we all are. Thank and, you so much. And we believe. And not just you, but the whole family, all on both sides, Abby's family and Libby's family. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But from your Definitely. from your mouth to God's ears, we need a killer. Yes. <laughs> we yeah. need him captured. Well, we we here for yeah. you. Yeah, we agree. We agree. So you just you hang in there, honey, and you keep Libby's sisters and you let them know that, you know, hey, mom is still here. You hold it together. And like I said, you got a lot of people here in this state, a lot of people in, the, you know, throughout the country. Um, they're praying for you. They're with you, honey. They are with you. And people out of the country, too. Yeah, yeah. So. I, yes, I do have to bring friends out of the country. Yes, yes, that um, is true. I just want to thank you guys for for keeping this out in the, in the media, keeping people here in it. Um we will catch him. Amen. And I'm happy to help in any way I can. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Absolutely. Well, Carrie, we'll still be in touch. Thank and you so much. Hopefully, you'll be hearing some good news here real soon, okay? So, you take yeah, care. Okay. And you have a good evening, okay? You too. Thank you all. Uh, You're welcome. It's just sad after two years that she is still dealing with this. Um you know, with everything that's going I on. I couldn't imagine. I, I definitely couldn't imagine. I'm, I'm talking about it as a father. Man. Um, so I, I definitely it's couldn't. Horrible. Yeah, horrible. It is, yes, it is horrible. And, um, <sighs> you know, after two years. And, you know, Jackie was a good question. When you asked her how she felt um, regarding what the police were doing with the investigation. Yes. Yeah. What you get your take on that? Um. See, I think, and that, and Carrie's take is a lot of the public's take too. They feel like law enforcement's kind of stuck and not knowing what they're doing. But I have a feeling, and this is my own opinion, I have a feeling they know exactly what they're doing, and that's why they're not releasing too much to us. I feel like if they were stuck to the point where they had to release a little bit more uh, footage or audio, that they would do so. If it got to the point to where they had to list this case as a cold case, you would think before it comes to that, there would be some something else released to us as the public that could possibly help them catch a killer. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting there listening, and, and, and you know, to hear a mother to say that, uh, that's frustration. But I believe that's how I would feel, too, if yeah. as a mom. If that was my child, okay, what's going on? What, sure. You know, right. what are you cops doing? You know, like, fill mm-hmm. me in. <laughs> right, right, right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, because they need, yeah. they want to know and they need to know who did this. And uh, so I, when I heard that, I was like, wow. And so I'm wondering how the grandparents will feel about it. I wonder how Abby's mom and family will feel about this whole thing. Right. You know, it's just... Um, it's just terrible. All right, so we 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 spoke to the mother. Um, so we want to let the listeners know that uh, the Crime Pursuit Podcast team went to Delphi ourselves. Yes. Um, I had never been to Delphi. I don't know about y- no, <laughs> never been there. Yeah. So it's first trip. Uh, nice little, nice little quiet community. Yeah. Um, close to three thousand residents, I believe, that yes. stay there. Um. So we're going to make it known before before it gets all over the United States. But uh, Ed Bound started out on the Monat Bridge and chickened out and turned around. But see, Jackie, <laughs> the co-host here, 
Her and Chad went all the way across. And, and back. Yes, they did. Um, I just wasn't going, you know, us black people, we just don't do no stuff <laughs> like that. You know, it just ain't happening, you know. So I saw the, all that water <laughs> down there, and I felt I felt that river moving up under, like you talked you about how it was. I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm done. And yeah. there's a lot don't do this shit. to the Monon, um, the abandoned railroad, <laughs> um, the bridge there. Because it wasn't as decayed as it was two years ago. Mm. Now it's decaying. It's under construction. Really not supposed to be on it. Um, but the water was also high because we had so much rain here in central Indiana. Right. That the water was high. Mm. And so as the water was moving, the bridge is moving. Like we felt, oh, me I and Chad both felt yeah. <laughs> the bridge swaying. So mm. I was sweating. I was also thanking Jesus that I could swim. <laughs> Ain't about no swimming. You talking about that fall. I know. That's what Chad said. He said, if you can make the fall. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shut up. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't. I can, now, listen, I can swim. But that swimming wasn't what I was worried about. It was that fall. That fall, yeah. And then, you know, I got out there. And I got to thinking. When I got quarter of a way out there, I got to thinking, what would my family members or other black folks would say at my funeral? And they would be thinking, mm, well, we're going to miss O'Ed, but... He don't know what his black ass is doing out there on that bridge anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he knew better than that. <laughs> he knew better than that. So so that's just why I got to thinking about that would come up at my funeral and I turned on around. I don't care what y'all call me a chicken. I don't care. So But it was a surreal thing to be yeah. able to walk yeah. Yeah, walk boy. across it and back. Yeah, you was brave. I gotta give it to you, boy. Yeah. It, it was it was it was crazy. So I was sweating. Okay, so let's break <laughs> this thing down. We went to Delphi. Um we you know, walked the, the trail. We, you know, we went all around through the woods. Uh, we got to, you know, see quite a bit. And it was, um, it was just, it was just odd. It, it, it really was. And we were trying to figure out how, you know, was this a, a, a situation where somebody was in lying wait? Uh, or was this an opportunity? Uh, we was just trying to figure it out. And then we kind of figured a few things out. We talked yes. to a lot of people. We we got some interviews from people. Um, we got a lot of video and pictures and, and things like that. We got a website. It's, it will be up uh, later in the week where you can go on there. We'll make the announcement uh, where you can watch some of the interviews uh, from some of the citizens there in Delphi. Um, so we'll, we'll make the announcement uh, on our Facebook page, uh, Crime Pursuit Podcast, and at crime pursuit uh for twitter and our instagram crime pursuit podcast so you know um anyway as i was saying it was just interesting with with talking with the different people everybody had like seemed like a different story it was like it was Mm -hmm. this big conspiracy thing yeah it definitely felt like well i was Mm -hmm. talking to um one of our film crew members and our uh, graphic design girl and we were walking through Delphi and she said, you know, it kind of feels like I'm in a scary movie and there's just certain people that want us to get out of here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it just felt, it was just, (laughs) it was an odd feeling to be there. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Especially as an outsider. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, Mm -hmm. so we got Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And then when we got back here, uh, a lot of people reached out to us. Yes. Um, they, you know, communicated us uh, t- uh, through our email. They contacted us through our Facebook. And, phone, and, yeah, phone, phone calls. calls. I mean, things start rolling in. Yes. And then we start putting things together. So uh, we're going to get to you mm-hmm. 
what we come up with and it's just real interesting um a lot of people let me be clear about something there's a lot of facebook pages regarding libby and abby and the delphi killer. and the delphi i want a lot of you listeners to know mm-hmm. a lot of those a majority of those pages are not manned or run by anybody from delphi there may be one right mm, maybe two or three right that's about it the rest of them are from people from other countries and there's nothing wrong with that uh people from other states it's nothing wrong with that however uh they are not getting facts they uh, you know we joined uh, quite a few of them and we were i was told uh some of a lot of the rumors that was being started on those sites and there were some good people that really meant well mm-hmm. that's how we uh met Paige. Paige is wonderful yeah and kathy she's amazing yes amazing person knows her stuff we met some really good people yes uh there's a girl named amy but there was a lot of people that i don't know seemed like they had some medical issues um upstairs. well i think more it was like an attack uh they have attack tactics anybody that was outsiders or yeah. um anybody that actually made any kind of sense they kind of felt like they were being um their toes were being stepped on right is how i felt um so if we gave any kind of educated anything or our opinions they they kind of attacked us right so we stepped down well here's <laughs> wha- here's where they here's where they got upset when I made it clear that the Patty family was not suspects of these girls' murders. Yes, I got sick of hearing that too. I got, that was just so horrible for the people that don't even live in the state of Indiana. They don't live in the city of Delphi. They listen to p- other people to talk. You know, people don't know what they're talking about. Uh, drug addicts and stuff like that who just, whatever their agenda is to lie on the, the Patties. And... You know, when we found out what we found out, it was like, you feel bad for the Patties. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, because think about all the pictures they posted of Mike Patty all on social media with circles around by his face. Well, well this I'm could sure have he's been, been crying for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But, you know, so I want our listeners to know, a lot of these people, uh, they are outsiders that's creating drama uh, for the people in Delphi. The people in Delphi are the, one, the real ones who went through everything. Yes, I agree. Not just the patties, but the, the, the citizens of Delphi. The community as a yes. whole. Yeah. So they they the ones that went through this. And it, it was just horrible mm-hmm. that they would put that to say that it's a conspiracy, that that he would kill his own granddaughter. And then well, he's not even the biological grandfather. Really? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it really made me feel bad for the patties. Like, yeah. I can't imagine what they're going through, and they're still trying to put, you know, Abby and Liberty, Liberty's yeah. name out there and keep, you know, this going until a killer is uh, arrested. And that's what they're doing. They're out, you know, mm. they're trying They're trying to see that these babies get justice. And the last thing they need to be to hear is their names being drugged in the mud. Exactly. You know, on social media. And that's exactly right. what these people are doing. And it's right. disrespectful and it's rude. Because I know a lot of you are going to be listening. I know you're listening. There is no concrete evidence of any sort that any of the patties are involved in they this girl's not murder. Involved in, in, at all. At all. They are not a suspects. Right. They have never right. been suspects. They right. 
are just grieving families that have just both of them lost babies. I agree. And the be- the worst thing people want to try to get yeah. on these pages Correct. and be detectives and, oh, I know this and I'm going to figure out who it is. No, figure out your own life and quit worrying about mm-hmm. what's going on. That's what you need Unless to do. Unless you're actually Straight trying pathetic. to be out here and make a difference. Hey, make a difference. Go yes. visit Delphi. Get involved, but don't go putting the patties down. Let's make it clear they had nothing to do with either one of these girls being murdered. And that's just pathetic to put that all over social right. media. Right. And you know something else? A lot of people that I I didn't like, they would match faces with the sketches. Yes. And post that on there. And you're ruining people's lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's so many people that's been blamed over that. Yeah. So, okay, let's let's get down to it. So, how many suspects have been named? I know Daniel Nations is one. Um, I have a list of those. Okay. Give us us the top three. Yep. We have Daniel Nations. Give us the rundown. Daniel Nations, Thomas Bruce, and Charles, Eld- uh, excuse me, Eldridge. Charles Eldridge. Okay. Eldridge. Edridge, is it Eldridge? Eldridge? It's Eldridge. Yeah. It's, yep. it's Eldridge, yeah. Okay, so them all been pe- people named a person of interest in, in these girls' murder. Um, the Daniel Nations mm-hmm. is the one that stood out the most. Poor guy. Um, Registered sex offender from yeah. Indiana. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. He. Yep. Yep. He matched the sketch perfectly. Oh, man. <laughs> and and so people ran with it and made him the bridge guy. Uh, and, you know, next thing you know, yep. he's on every major news network. And he's trying to get out in front of this thing and say, wait a minute, hold on, guys. I hadn't done anything. And yeah. I hadn't had anything to do with killing right. the two girls. But because of his violent behavior and his background, uh, that made him r- real, real suspicious. So right. So we understood that. Now, when we went to Delphi, and, you know, we heard all the different stories, the, the, the different theories of what happened and everything, and, you know, we kind of had our own theories. Yes. And then we, we took a break and said, no, we're going to wait till we get back, back home to Marion and figure this thing out. And then we start getting the phone calls and uh, having the investigators, they start going to work and... You know, the researchers start putting everything together. Then everything started making sense. So. um, Yes, it did. Yeah. And so we we are looking at this like, okay, um, it's going to be a day where the Indiana State Police will make an arrest in this case. And um, so we got a lot of stuff we want to share with you. Um, So what we're going to do, we're going to play some clips. Um, we're going to let you listen to some pieces of the press conference of the last one that was done by the superintendent of the Indiana State Police. Carter. Yep. Yes. It was Doug Carter, right? Yes. And we're going to, you know, give, a, give you guys our theory on what happened on February 13th. So what we're going to do, um, let's start with the press conference yes and we're gonna be stopping it and then i'll be giving uh insights on little pieces of the uh, press conference and then we'll get um an opinion from our private investigator uh investigator heather and then we'll just go through the press conference like that there we go information is being released today is the result of literally thousands and thousands of hours of extraordinary investigative efforts 
by Delphi, Carroll County, the FBI, the Indiana State Police, and countless other okay, agencies. Okay, right here it says, um, to me this is what he just said after I broke down the press conference. Through tips and investigations, there must have been something of great change in the investigation for them to uh, be releasing a second sketch. What do you think, Heather? I, I agree. Um, I, there had to have been something coming. You know, in. without revealing, I guess, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I think that they are, I mean, like, again, without revealing too much until we get more in, into it, um, I think at that point, why they, re, why they uh, released this second sketch, and again, I just want to back up for one second. When I first saw the second sketch, I had the exact same reaction um, that Carrie had, yes. and I thought, okay, they have no idea what they're doing. Like, what is going on here? Um, are they just, you know, shooting in the dark and hoping now that they get new leads for something because they're clueless? And it wasn't until, you know, we all started putting our heads together and gathering our own evidence before it finally started to make sense. So with that piece, with him saying that, I do believe that they have a suspect in mind. And again, we can get to that, you know, later on, but I think that's why he said that. I think he he said we're changing direction because they have somebody in mind. All right. Okay, continue. This community surrounded us some 26 months ago. And you did everything you could to support us, but Stop. most importantly. Okay. Where he said, and you did everything you could to support us. Here, the Indiana State Police are presenting thanks, and this is all my opinion, they're um they're saying thank you in past tense by stating you did and you could. Okay, this is huge to me because the uh -huh. police are thanking the community already for the past help and support. And I believe that's because they already have or know the killer or suspect. Okay, this does not mean stop sending tips yeah. by any means if anybody has any. Because there's a reason why, even if they do know, that they're still asking the public for help. So... That does not mean do not send Absolutely. any information or tips if um, you guys have any because I want those to go just like the law enforcement, Indiana State Police. They still want those tips to come in, and there's a reason why. Heather, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that the reason he's thanking the community is because tips did come in to lead them to this newest press release and this newest uh, quote-unquote change in direction that they're going, it's because of tips. It's because somebody is probably speaking or call, called in something. Um, and so now, let's say they have a suspect in mind. Again, I'm speculating. We'll say I'm speculating, obviously. Um, now they need those tips to start building a case yes. um, and to to get that evidence so that they can make an arrest because they can have a tip come in, but that doesn't mean they can make an arrest. That just means that, okay, now we have a suspect. Now we need a case and we need a very strong case. Um, so that's why they want more tips. After you hear what we're going to release today, I'm going to ask for your continued support, your continued understanding, your empathy and compassion um, as, as we move forward. Uh, find out who did this and we will stop okay right there carter stating um and we will 
it, in my opinion, shows me certainty that they are where they're at in their investigation. That, uh, to me, no person of law will state that they will or is going to do unless they are for sure or believe they will. Heather, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, and also this, the little statement that you said, and moving forward. Yes. Um, it's very definite the way he's speaking, and I don't think he's just speaking that way to give a false sense of security to the public. Um, it sounds like he's saying, okay, we know, we have this tip, we've got this person in mind, now we're going to move forward with it, and we will, you know, we are building a case, essentially. So it, it is pretty definite the way he's speaking. We're seeking the public's help to identify the driver of a vehicle that was parked at the old CPS DCS welfare building in the city of Delphi that was abandoned on the east side of County Road 300 North next to the Hoosier Heartland Highway between the hours of noon to 5 on February 14th. Okay, stop. Okay, I want to let you guys know there's uh, there was an update done on the press conference that that was the wrong date. There actually, um, it was updated, the date was misspoken and it should have been February 13th, not the 14th. Okay, continue. If you were parked there or know who was parked there, please contact the officers at the command post at the Delphi City Building. We are releasing additional portions of the audio recording from that day. Please keep in mind, the person talking is one person and is the person on the bridge with the girls. This is not two different people speaking. Please listen to it very, very carefully. Stop. Okay. And again, this is my opinion breaking down the press conference. Indiana State Police is now certain a man that that man on the bridge is the killer and is the man speaking in the audio recording. Also makes me feel as if the certainty of this with uh, Indiana State Police is very clear. Asking to listen to the audio very, very carefully, and that's quote, unquote. And then adding a piece of the audio, audio made it seem clear to me that law enforcement at this point are sending a message through this press conference. What do you think, Heather? I agree. Um, they also, they definitely want the public to know that this is the person. And I think the way he stated that, he's also saying, this is only one person that committed this crime. Yes. Because there's been rumors that it's been multiple people or this, you know, this person with this person had help. He is saying right there, there's one person that did this. This yes. person that you hear on this, on this audio is the person. So that's why if you recognize his voice, he did it. And okay. also he, seeing he the, the little bit of footage that they released of him walking, because at the beginning of this investigation, that could have been just a standby that they wanted to contact to, you know, see if he's seen anything on the bridge or whatnot. But they are for sure that that man right there is the mm -hmm. killer, N hands down, no doubt in their mind. Correct. Yes. 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 And I believe they have a lot more footage. Obviously, they're not going to release to the public. And that's why they know he is the one who did it. Um, for whatever, you know, reasons, they're going to hold back um, some of that audio and, and even video. Um, and I know, I'm sure they have more of it. So they are very yes. definite and know he is, he is the killer. All right, continue. We're also releasing video recovered from Libby's phone. This video has never before 
been previously released. The video shows a suspect walking on the bridge. When you see the video, watch the, watch the person's mannerisms as they walk. Watch the mannerisms as he walks. Now, I think what he was saying in mannerism, he was clearly saying, watch the person's mannerisms. And the mannerisms were, if you look very closely, mm -hmm. go back and watch the video, you will clearly see that he turned to his left and spit. spit. Yes. That was what I believe that the state police was talking about mannerisms because he said after this, don't pay attention about how he's walking because of the dangerous conditions of the bridge. Yes, and I know that for a fact because yeah. I walked it and I couldn't have just strolled across yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Heather, what do you think? Mannerisms, yeah, I agree. Uh, mannerisms can, especially in this context, mannerisms are, like Ed said, he does turn his head. It does appear that he is spitting. Look at the way he's holding his hands. Look at the way they're in his pockets. Look at the way the one is in his, it looks like his front pocket may be holding something. So mannerisms is look at everything, not just the way he's looking down or, or trying to not fall through that bridge because there's, you know, there's slats, as you guys know, and you fall to your death, essentially. So mannerisms can mean anything from the way he blinks his eyes or spits or holds his hand or turns his head or, you know, any of that. So we want the public to pay attention to all those little details because everybody's mannerisms are very much unique to the person. I have different mannerisms that no one else has, or you have mannerisms that no one else has. Yes. So those are like your fingerprint almost. So that's why. All right, thank you. Remember, he is walking on the former railroad bridge. Because of the deteriorated condition of the bridge, the suspect is not walking naturally due to the spacing between the ties. During the course of this investigation, we have concluded the first sketch released will become secondary as of today. The result of the new information and intelligence over time. Um, the reason I want to pause that is because he didn't say this new sketch. He said the other one will become secondary. secondary. He didn't say don't ever pay attention to that other one again or we have disposed of that first one. It was not correct. He said it becomes secondary yes so he didn't say it's not accurate he said it it comes secondary to this one so take both of them into consideration but this new one take it into consideration first take the other one secondary to that i agree continue believe the sketch which you will see shortly is the person responsible for the murders of these two little girls we also believe this person is from Delphi, currently or has previously lived here, visits Delphi on a regular basis, or works here. We believe this person is currently between the age range of 18 and 40, but might appear younger than his true age. All right, stop. Okay. Like Heather was saying, IPS is certain that the second sketch quote-unquote, is the killer. Remind you, a sketch is not a photo, but Indiana State Police have made it clear that the killer is in resemblance to the second sketch that was released. 
Um, there's no cert. Uh, there's they're mm -hmm. so certain here that it feels like law enforcement are saying we know who the killer is, but to focus on the second sketch release because they are saying that is the killer. What do you think, Heather? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I I think that the first sketch they obviously took the first sketch originally. The sketch artist took it from the video. Exactly. Okay? So. Keep in mind, this sketch artist is trying to take this grainy picture because it's very grainy. They're sketching everything they can in detail. So they took that from the, from the video, and we've already been told the video is the killer. Okay, so let's keep that in mind as a secondary sketch now. Now, this new release with the first sketch, I believe it came from tips that led them to a suspect of how he appears now, and his appearance may have changed from the first sketch. So that's why the second sketch, they're saying we're moving forward in this new direction because it came from the tips that they're thanking the public for that, that led them to this new individual, but that new individual still fits the first profile from the video. Because I, his looks have likely changed two years. I agree, and, and as we go okay. through the press conference, we're going to kind of reveal some of that information. Go ahead, Ed directly to the killer who may be in this room. We believe you are hiding in plain sight. For more than two years, you never thought we would shift gears to a different investigative strategy, but we have. We likely have interviewed you or someone close to you. Okay, stop. Okay, right here, and again, this is my opinion. When Indiana State Police uh, Carter says, Will you, you, we have likely interviewed you or someone close to you. This rings huge bells to me with uh, our researchers and our, all the stuff we got from private investigators and everything that we put together. Um, so it is a small town. And everybody does seem to know everybody. But Ron Logan really sticks out here to me. Um, and with the person that we feel like is connected with the Delphi murders in our, um, our opinions was very close to Ron Logan. And Ron Logan was interviewed quite a bit throughout this investigation. So what do you think on that, Heather? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, who's to say that maybe Ron Logan is somebody they talked to and, and helped with tips? Again, that's my own speculation and opinion. I will say that as the disclaimer. But who's to say that that's not where they got the tips from because he has been interviewed so many times. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that completely. Okay, thank you. Continue. We know that this is about power to you, and you want to know what we know. Stop. Indiana State Police knows this is about power. Clearly, they've stated this. This is the second time, I think, now they've stated that they know that this yeah. murder case is about power. And to me, this is a hint to the local area. Yeah. Do you know someone who acts as if they are superior to another uh, superior even to women or degrading uh, egotistic mindset and it's very clear that the state police are saying that this person is of some kind of power or tries to act of power to others do you what do you think about that Heather yeah I agree and of course we don't know how the girls um, you know were murdered and so I think he's probably alluding to that as well because they know the details we do not um, 
you know, each murder has its own, each murderer, I should say, has their own style as well. And this murderer uh, likely, well, most most murders are about power. Let's be realistic. Um, right. We're going into a profiling standpoint. So he is, he is speaking that this is about power. We don't know the way they were killed. They do, and obviously in the manner they were killed, it likely showed how this guy was trying to be powerful. And also let's keep in mind the video snippets that they released. You know, this guy is ordering two, two girls, young girls, down the hill. If that's right. not power tripping, I don't know what is. I agree. You know, he's demanding down the hill. A question to you. What will those closest to you think of they find out that you brutally murdered two little girls? Two children. Only a coward would do such a thing. We are confident that you have told someone what you have done. Or at the very least, they know because of how different you are since the murder. Stop. Okay, here. And again, this is all in my opinion, breaking down the press conference. Someone knows something. Someone is afraid to speak up, speak out, speak to someone. Even like I mentioned before when he quoted the word power. Does the killer have the power to keep his closest friends and family quiet? That was just a question to myself. How, and then he quoted, how different you are. This leads me to believe there is a great tips and evidence in the investigation that leads law enforcement to believe not only do they know, but as well as others, and with the tips that came in, that the killer has changed his appearance since the time of the Delphi murders until now. Heather, what do you think? Yeah, I agree, and that's why I think that's, again, where this these two um, sketches are so critical because, again, he's saying how different you are from two years ago how different your personality is from two years ago. You know, they know, they know, that's why they're so confident in the way they're coming across, is they know, and they're speaking directly to this person. Um, you know, that, that's why he's changed. Exactly. And they know this. And they're telling him this. We know this. We know who you are. Now they're just building their case. Exactly. Thank you. Continue. We try so hard to understand how a person could do something like this to two, to two children. I recently watched a movie called The Shack. Stop. The movie The Shack was just mentioned, as you just heard. It's ironic in that with the, just, with the recent killing of Nicole Bowen, found in a shack-like um, shipping container, a wooden one close to the water, she was tortured um, by killer Garrett Kurtz, connected to Delphi. Uh, this right here is what started putting our pieces together. Our team started putting these pieces together and it all fit together like a puzzle. Um, Heather, do you have an opinion on that? Uh, my opinion is definitely agree. And again, you know, I'll put our disclaimer that we are speculating. However, um, once I, once as we go on and we present our facts that we've come up with in the evidence, I think that the listeners you know, they can, they, they're going to hear exactly what, what we've came up with. And that, that Shaq comment, you know, it's strange just out of everything he could have chosen. And let's keep in mind, 
Um, this is only seven. What was the time frame that Garrett was um, this um, is just, arrested after, for the death of Nicole? Um, Nicole's. How no, many weeks was it? I think two weeks. So just two or three weeks, not even two weeks. Okay. So this was right, and then. Okay. Yeah, so I, I have that timeline. So. Right. So let's keep our timing in, in order here. All of a sudden now, two years later, we have a new direction. We have another murder. We have an arrest made. And we have this girl murdered who is found by what they called a shack and an excavator. Um, let's, let's all put this timing into to effect. And then that's the one movie he chooses to speak about is the shack. Again, this is our speculation right now. But... Let's keep timing in mind, and let's, you know, when police make a press conference, when they're very specific, it's very well thought out what they say, the manner that they say it, and the way that they speak it. It's all done for a very specific purpose. They don't yes. just throw words out, and he's not just winging it. Yes. Okay? This was very planned out, very thought out. You have the FBI involved with profilers. They're giving their input as to how you need to speak to the public. So... Every single detail, that's why we're breaking it down the way that we are, because every detail is very purposeful in the way that they're speaking. Yes, I agree. Continue. And there's also a book that talks so well about evil, about death, and about eternity to the murderer. I believe you have just a little bit of a conscience left, and I can assure you that how you left them in that woods is not is not what they're experiencing today to the family i hope that you all will give them some time because we're going to be asking that there's no media inquiry or no media response for at least the next two weeks and i hope you understand why stop okay um i wrote this last night before I even knew you were going to ask carrie about the two-week period so i'm going to go ahead and um, read what i had with this right here New needing two weeks of time um, this shows me that the law enforcement wanted you to listen to the key points in the press conference the key points that we're breaking down for you in hopes that someone would come forward and speak up to them about what the killer has done because there is somebody if not one person multiple people who know who did this and know exactly how they did it and knew they know everything there's people who know but there's people that are also too scared to speak, whether it be because they're afraid of getting in trouble, criminal trouble for something else or what may be the reason. I don't know. But there is people who know. And law enforcement needs these people to come forth. That is the whole point and the whole purpose of having these press releases done to the public is because they're saying, hey, we still need to build a case. We still need more evidence. We need someone to speak. Heather, what do you think about that? Yep, and that's what they had mentioned to Carrie, too, is that I think, you know, when the media starts getting involved, yes, the media is keeping this alive. Um, but when the media starts getting involved, and again, you know, with a small community, it's going to bring everybody and their brother out of the woodwork. And unfortunately, 99% of those people are going to have inaccurate information or they're going to make up the information to get on the news or get, you know, just get publicity. And so I think, again, it's my speculation that they are trying to avoid that because they are, like you said, trying to build that case. 
and they just want accurate information. If they can come out with accurate information, they don't want a bunch of, you know, crazy media speculation and conspiracy theories. Again, like kind of what you talked about to begin with, this whole family drama that they were throwing them under the bus, you know, that we're, they're trying to avoid that. So I think that's, that's my own opinion on that one. Superintendent spoke to, and also the audio that's additional to what's been yeah. previously released. That audio clip where you heard guys down the hill. Yes. When the first, the first, the first one that was released of the audio, what was it, Jackie? You remember? Down the hill. Okay, down the hill, and they didn't have anything else. It's just down the hill, down Correct. the hill, right? Okay, I want the listeners to listen very carefully. They added the word guys. Now, when you listen to it, I want you to listen to this r- raunchy sound. That comes right in behind it. Listen to after the word guys. Just listen. Now. You can hear that clearly there where you hear that crazy, raunchy sound. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is that's been edited. Yes. Because there's something that they didn't want the family or the public to hear. Exactly. Because I am convinced guys down the hill don't go together. No, it wasn't a statement. It was Uh, two separate audio clippings from the recordings. Because if you listen to the right behind it. That was something that they put there to cover up what it was something that they didn't want us to hear. Yes. So, because if it was guys Mm -hmm. down the hill, it would be easy. You just let the clip go. Guys down the hill. Right. So, I'm just assuming. Right. Right. I'm I'm just assuming here that it could be guys shut up or guys get in here now or lay down. Anything. I don't think it's guys down the hill together. Right, I agree. Right after, and I want you guys to listen to it again. When yeah. you hear the word guys, you will hear that weird sound in the background, then boom, down the hill. Let's listen. So that was the delay. Yes. That was the delay. There was that, yeah. long, that small delay in there. So there was something that was said after that. It could have been the girl screaming. It could have been them crying. Or I don't. We don't know. Exactly. So we don't know. And I think there's a, a huge reason why right. um, law enforcement did this. The w- the killer saying the word guys is prominent. It's something somebody says on a regular basis. Delphi, listen. This is something that somebody says on a regular basis. A person's voice is like a person's fingerprint. Remember that. Yep. And, it, and it, you know, because the reason why we believe the Indiana State Police released this extra audio was because this person used the word guys 
a lot. Yes. And people out there in the community of yes. Delphi, they know somebody. That, and it may not be something where, well, I just listen for them to say the word. It takes you to have to sit back and think, wait a minute. Such and such, or this person does use that word, guys. Quite a bit, yes. And he used it quite a bit. You got to give it, there was good police work by the yep. Indiana State Police yes. to point that, to grab that small point. Because, ain't Jackie, yes. when was it that uh, Garrett, what is his last name, Kurtz? Kurtz, K I R T S. When was it he was arrested for that other case that's uh, outside Lafayette? The Nicole Bowen? Yes. Um, he was arrested. It was just, I think it was days after Nicole's body was found. So right in the beginning of April. Okay, the beginning of April. Yes. And when was this press mm -hmm. conference, this update press conference done? It was um, after the, it was after the 10th. So April, I want to say uh, April, around April 20th, something like that. But I want to point out something there with the timeline. Okay. Um, April 10th is when the prosecutor from Delphi got sworn back in and he took, he, he left as prosecutor um, in November of uh, 2017 and said he would not be back unless there was enough evidence to make an arrest. And I want to point that out because he was sworn back in shortly after Garrett's arrest with Nicole Bowen. He was sworn back in April 10th, hmm. and then after that is when the press conference was released. Okay, mm -hmm. so the prosecutor was sworn back in April 10th. Yes. And then the press conference for the, the hmm. update for the press conference is what we just heard. Yes, was after that. So would it be safe to say now we know, now we got somebody in our sights, would, we be, would that be safe to say? As speculators yeah. on the outside, yes, yeah. I do believe um, mm -hmm. there is concrete evidence yeah. that Garrett Kurtz, to me, in my opinion, is the killer of Abby and Libby. Um, okay. There's too many connections and ties to Delphi. Okay. Um, so let me, let me, Heather, let me get your take on what you think about uh, that with the police, the prosecutor getting swore back in. Yeah, I think timing is critical here, again, and, and very important to keep in mind. The timing that they have timed this press press conference, the timing that Garrett Kurtz was arrested for the pre, you know for the murder of Nicole, um, the timing of the prosecutor. So timing is very important. Um, again, everything is typically well thought out, especially when it comes to press conferences, especially when it comes to cases. Their timing is is building now they say we're starting a new case basically they're saying we're starting we're starting new because they're they have to build a new case now that they have somebody in their sights so timing is very very important um, from this timeline so okay. nothing that they do is by mistake or just off the cuff well yeah especially is. especially coming out in, in, in a press press conference so that right. yeah I would understand that now um so we know that the prosecutor, when he left office, he said, hey, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be able to do this until and somebody. It was personal reasonings why he left. And he said, until somebody bring me, uh, when, they, mm -hmm. when somebody can be able to make an arrest on this, then I'll come back in. So he yes. swore back in on April 10th. Yes. Then here come the press conference. And then in the press right. conference, the Indiana State Police says, hey, we have changed directions. 
Completely. And and it just and then they come out with this new sketch. Yeah. So when they come out with this new sketch, this person yeah. appears younger. Because the first sketch, when you look at it, look old. on the bridge, the person looks old. Mm-hmm. And it was because the quality of the shot, maybe uh, Libby was moving too much. We don't know. But it was because of the quality of the camera or, like I just said, moving too much. So because of that image, it made the whole world think it was somebody older. Correct. You see what I'm saying? So now when they come out with this new sketch, it's a younger person. Now, how old is Garrett? Garrett's 21. He just turned 21 in February. Okay, so he's young. So he don't look like an old, but he dresses older. He does dress older. Right. Yeah. Right. He dresses older. He looked older. He had facial hair two years ago. He was bigger. Um, he doesn't ha- he, he didn't have that. Yeah. Two years later, he lost a lot of weight um, and doesn't have the facial hair. And his face looks entirely different with no facial hair. And his haircut is different. Well, I agree. Definitely agree after seeing all those pictures. Okay, so we're going to the, we're going to chime in on that word guys yes. okay and this is why we believe the indiana state police released this extra part of the because there's a lot of stuff on there with this audio and video but what made them pick just that just word. that piece guys yes. what made them so we got the you know the investigators and the researchers got to digging and somebody on youtube compared his voice to what was released by the Indiana State Police. And we're going to play it. Let me vent for a second, guys. Fucking 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 guys. Now, that little piece there that was put on YouTube, and a lot of people went crazy over it. Yes. And they, and we got another piece coming up here in just a few seconds. Here we go. So that was the when that came out. On YouTube, you know, people ran with it. Yeah. They ran with it like, whoa. And they was like, there's a match. This is a match. And, you know, then people would start going to social media regarding this. But then it stopped. Yes. And and, and it just kind of got quiet. But then when our team got to looking mm-hmm. into this and our investigators found something that I don't think no one found because... I don't even know if this is still on YouTube. Yeah, I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, well. You on my I, own, but well, in the studio I, I have. Well, yeah, in the studio because <laughs> our investigators, I don't know how they be finding stuff. I ain't going to say no names, Heather. But <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just crazy. When we, <laughs> when we listened to the video and watched the video, and then, you know, we just kept watching it, and boom, yeah. you guys were able to you know, pull it together and come up with what was going, you know, what was said on here and then what we was able to see. Yes. And then things started coming together. Now, we're going to play one of these clips real quick. Walking out to the barn to be greeted like 
What are you doing, little shit? Shit. You think I'm your mom, don't you? Trying to suck on my finger. Everybody check you out. This is what I have to deal with, guys. Now, did y'all catch that at the end? Yes. And we're going to let you listen to it one more time. Yeah. Listen to it at the end when he's saying that the horse is, uh, they think that his fingers, uh, he's the mom. Right. So listen to it carefully. We're going to play it again. Walking out to the barn to be greeted like, what are you doing, little shit? Huh? What are you doing, little shit? You think I'm your mom, don't you? Trying to suck on my finger. Everybody check you out. Here we go. It's getting close. This is what I have to deal with, guys. Now, we're going to break it down exactly. If you haven't caught it yet, we're going to break it down. Guys. Can I chime in yes. real quick, too? We want to keep in mind that we didn't find just one video, okay? There's been at least two videos of him saying, guys, guys. That's very important. Again, that's like your mannerisms. Everybody speaks individually. That's his individual uniqueness, how he speaks. Yes. So we have more than one video with guys. Right. But no one has spoke on this video or no one even tried to compare right. it on YouTube. That's the point we're trying to make. Um, there's no one has even spoke on this video. And right. and we said and it took us a few right. to, right. you know, to catch it. So we're gonna play this last clip again. Just listen. Guys. Guys. So that is more of a clear match than, than anything. Than anything than what this what that matches with the state state police release now let's talk about mannerism when (laughs) i knew he wasn't talking about the way he walked because he said after that you know his walk is the trestles are pretty wide divide you know you gotta step a certain way so you know i went to thinking about um okay what could it be and then boom it appears like he spit to his left yes and then when you guys found another, like Heather said, there's been a nu- there's been quite a few videos that he's put out on YouTube and Facebook, and then boom, Where's there's a video of him he? singing, and <laughs> what did he do? He spit his tobacco. He spit his tobacco out. So when you know when you guys showed that to me, and yep, I'm like, and numerous pictures of him chewing, numerous photos of him chewing tobacco too. He always has chew in his mouth. Always. So, mm-hmm. and so nope. that would be safe to say that was him spitting on that bridge. Yes. He spit to the left, and and you know uh, that's where I believe what they were saying about mannerism. the mannerism. You I know, agree. Mannerism. So, um, then. Yep. <laughs> I want the listeners to know. And you know, he chews 
Q's on that side too. That makes sense because his Q is typically on the same side. So it makes sense that he would fit that direction. Yeah. Uh, I want the listeners to know that when we was talking about this and we was out there at Delphi and we was going through everything, it was it was just something just wasn't right because they came after they went down the hill. They still had a, a little low walkways to go right. through, and it's woods, and then they come to a river. So they said that he forced the girls. They all three crossed the river. So I'm trying to think, why would he force them to cross the river? What? Why was he so determined to get them to cross the river? What was the importance of it? Yes, yes. because, you know, like I said, thinking from a criminal aspect of it, I'm going to be like, I'm not crossing that river. And I'm going to handle business with them right then and there. And go back up on the trail and, and get I'm up out of there. stop you there, though. But if it was something familiar to you, you would jump on it. Okay, we know that. But right? what I'm saying, if it's familiar, right. but what I'm but saying. But otherwise, if not, why do it? What I'm saying is he could have did. Right. I'm thinking as a criminal, you can just do it right then and there. Right. That's what I'm saying. So the right. why was he so determined to get them girls across the river? Now. When we was in Delphi, there were a lot of people, a few people said that during the search of the 13th, what time did they start searching? Do you remember, Jackie? Um, it was 5.30, I do believe. I thought the, well, the police, no, the sheriff was called around 5.30, wasn't he? Because they were supposed to have been there at 5. I think the search started the 13th at 5.30. Okay. And you? it lasted until about 11:30 midnight well the, the what we do know the search was called off by the sheriff in the fire uh, around 11:45. so family members remained out there till 2 30 in the morning now we went out there and did the whole thing in two and a half hours and that's what stopping and sitting down right so it was like when we heard that there a gentleman say that um they searched that area where they found the girls on the 13th and they wasn't there. Correct. So it was like, okay, do you believe this guy or is he telling the truth? Then it all came. Mm -hmm. It all came out that he was telling the truth because you can do the whole thing in two, in two hours. Two hours easy. Easy. Now, how we know this, like I said, the family, the family of, I know they said Abby's mother um they said uh libby's grandparents yes. friends and family they stayed out till 2 30 and 2 30 in the morning okay so then they went home they they gave up now when they came back the they organized the search with people signing in and it was like three uh pages three four cool. pages yeah. yeah of people that come and signed in so that's why they got started late at like 10 a.m okay the girls was found around 12.15. You see the time frame? Exactly. So with the, with the people they had, they had 30 to 50 people, uh, the 13th. If they were out there, they would have found them. Exactly. Easily. Oh, yeah. So 
they had a bunch of people out there the next day, found them within two hours. And may I know, even though it's winter season, there wasn't snow or anything like that on the ground. No, no, it was a good day. That's why the girls went out hiking because it was a really nice day. Um, So then, you know, we were like, okay. Then it come down to where, you know, we were saying, okay, did he take the girls? Did he go kill the girls and then bring them back and dump? I, I just don't see that happening. You know, that's just crazy. So if you kill somebody, I'm thinking me. If I kill somebody, I am going to dump them somewhere else. I'm not going to take them back where I got them because I know that's where everybody's looking for them. I'm going to take them away from where all the crowd is. So that was my thinking. So I'm thinking, no, why would he bring them back? And then trying to think, why was he so determined to cross that river with those girls? And then that's when it comes. That's when you guys found out the connection. Ron Logan. Ron Logan. Now, let us tell you about Ron Logan. Ron Logan has had a strong, strong ties with Garrett Kurtz. Uh, but he's been like a father figure to him. Yeah, and um, Garrett's dad was friends with him too, but not much around. But Ron was kind of like a father figure and let him take care of his horses, donkeys, whatever kind of animals are all out there. But uh, Garrett... Did horsebacking lessons out there, too. Um, took care of the land. He learned how to fish and hunt out there on the land. So he's pretty con- well connected to Ron Logan. And being that Ron Logan taught him this, he's been teaching him this since he was a young young little kid. Yes. And we, uh, one of our researchers dug up a picture where Garrett was probably like 10 years old, took a picture with a horse. Yes. So he is obsessed with horses. Yes. So when we looked at those videos, and then when you look at the video, when he's spinning the phone around, you catch the going out of the garage. There's a picture going out the garage. You can see directly out, not on the garage, it was a horse stable. Like a horse stable barn. Yeah. Outside the horse barn, you can clearly see going out of it, and you can see towards the woods and the river. Yes. Which leads us to believe... He was at Ron Logan's property. And because Ron mm-hmm. Logan is somebody that he has trust, trusted for a long time. Ron Logan has taught him how to hunt, fish, survivor, survivor skills there out mm-hmm. in the woods, right there in the very woods. Exactly. A lot of his stuff he taught him right there. So whoever took them girls across the river, they knew where they were going. Yes. Because if you go past Ron Logan's property, you will come up another hill that would take you to the cemetery that would take you to the road. And I believe, and I think Heather can chime in on this one, that um, him taking those girls uh, across the Deer Creek area there and to Ron Logan's property was a sense of, uh, kind of a sense of safety for Garrett Kurtz. And this is just my assumption, Mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. But... Even though he may be a murderer, killer, you know, whatever, that sense of safety to him is very important to him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he may have knew that Ron wasn't there at the time because I believe in one one newscast, Ron said he was going to buy tropical fish and didn't get back till 630. Um, He was very comfortable with the property. You know, let's not forget, Garrett posted a picture of a horse 
that nearly was identical to the horse that Ron Logan was standing by on one of the newscasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked exactly the same markings, the same color. Yep, that's true. Um, you know, without DNA on the horse, it was it was pretty identifiable. So yeah, he was very comfortable with that land and getting those girls across was kind of like okay, now I'm home free because now I know what areas are secluded, what nobody's going to look at yet. But I also know where to put them so they can be found, and that's important because he placed Nicole in a spot he himself admitted. He knew she would be found. Yes. So in this sense, he wanted to, them to be found. You know, otherwise he would have put them in the middle of the forest where nobody would have searched her or put them in the river or something and waited them down. There were a million ways he could have disposed of bodies, even burying them. You know, if he really wanted to conceal it, he wanted them to be found. Um, but in a manner that he knew the property, he knew right where to put them so that they'd be found and when. And, 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 you know, she is so right because the thing of it is when he got crossed that river, as soon as you get crossed and go up just a little bit, you're there on Ron Logan's property. Yes. He knows it better than anyone. Mm-hmm. And he got them. This is what we speculate. Like I said, this is no facts. But what we speculate that when he got them crossed that river, he took them in one of those horse barns. Bound and tied with however he did with them. Because we do know he don't mind tying from... Exactly, the, with Nicole Bowen's yeah. case. And he, he tied them up and everything. So he's got a lot of time to deal with because now people, he comes out and he see people everywhere looking for him. He can hear. Because in February, you can hear people in the distance. Yes. You know. And, and it's also on and live new, news coverage already that there's been, they're searching for the girls. They've yeah. Been, so, and he knows, and even they released when the search party was over that night. So he even knew when there would be a little bit well, of appearance. He, well, he would only know that by watching because what I speculate is he sit back there behind, out there watching towards the woods. He clearly can see because this yes. sun got dark. He's smoking his cigarette because he smokes too. Yep. And then he's chewing his tobacco, whatever, and he's watching. He's watching everybody go back and forth, this and that. And let's remember, they say that he's a meth addict. Yes. So meth makes you, can allow you to stay wide awake for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And he was watching and he was watching. And then when they were done and he saw and couldn't hear nothing else, he went in the barn and whatever happened, but I believe between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. is when he took both bodies out there and laid them there I agree. and and that's that's what we speculate um because they if they were there if he'd have took them and killed them immediately they would have found them exactly they would have found them on the 13th yep. now so you're sitting there wondering okay why did he do this all right so mm-hmm. let's <laughs> yeah this is difficult all right so let's talk about Derek's girlfriend uh ashley garth all right so he was obsessed with her, right? Yes. Okay. He obsesses over women, but then again, degrades them often. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and he he was in love with Ashley. Now, just like him, Ashley was into meth and stuff like yes. that. Um, now, it was said, we looked up court documents. They stated that we had received information that Derek German... Mm-hmm. Uh, was 
into drugs as well. Yes. Uh, apparently, uh, like I said, this, we're not saying no facts on this, but there is a uh, case chronological where he was arrested. Yes, for possession of methamphetamines and possession of marijuana. Okay. So uh, some people there in Delphi speculated. They said uh, that he supposedly, like I said, we don't have no facts on this, but they said supposedly he became a confidential informant for the drug task force. Task right. force there. And supposedly he told on Ashley. Ashley was arrested. Uh, yes. What was she arrested for? She was arrested for um, possession of well as well. Okay. So Ashley goes to jail. Ashley gets, um, she goes to court process. She gets uh, prosecution deferred, right? Um, it was actually, uh, she put, got put on probation for two years. Okay. <clears throat> Some family issues came up. I don't know what. Like, um, like I'm saying, this is coming through the rumor mill because it's not in our documents that maybe she had a child taken away because of this charge. Well, that's what some of them said that, yes. yeah, she got the kid taken. Yeah. So we um, don't know for sure. But, but eventually, uh, Derek's, uh, drug charges were destroyed and on that case. And so was Ashley Garst. Both case were documents destroyed. were destroyed. Okay. So, um, so what happens? She's on probation. And she violates for a dirty drug screen. Yes. And they lock her right back up. Now, at the time when this happened, she had an apartment right next to the Monon Bridge Trail. And close to. Right close to it. And this Garrett stayed with her. Now, the information that was given to us that Garrett stayed there two months after she was locked up. He still had access to the apartment. It would make sense because... He ain't. He don't have far to go to go to Ron Logan's property, right. and it was said that he was at Ron Logan's property almost every day to help take care of the horses. Exactly. Yes. And he says, if you listen to the video that we played earlier, guys, this is what you see. What I go through mm -hmm. every day, or something to that effect. Right. So it goes to show you. You know, he you he walks right in. There ain't no unlocking anything. He goes right in and he, he does his thing. He it's like a secondary home to him. It is a secondary home to him. So he knows it. So what we believe what happened, uh, and Heather, this was an opportune, opportunist. Yes. It was an opportunity. He was out there on the trail. He was possibly high. Whoa. And just not knowing nothing, just doing whatever it is he do. And he saw both of the girls. And like, yep. whoa. A light bulb switch. Yep. It came on because he's like, well, yep. well, well. Absolutely. Look who's there. That's Libby German. Right. Now, how could he know that was Libby German and that was her dad? Because we had uh, pictures sent to us that uh, pictures with Libby's cousin. So there was a connection. Yes. Is, you know, so the town is small. It, right. Everybody pretty much know everybody. Mm -hmm. And the patties are well known. Yes. And, and Derek German, well-known, mm -hmm. very well-known. So what I believe when he saw them, he said, well, well, well. And you got to also remember, too, meth heads, they rage. They get, they get um, how do I want to explain this, Heather? Not fists of rage, but they, meth addicts are ragers. They rage and obsess on things. Yeah, and they're very impulsive. So yes. a person on meth, you know, they, they literally literally say drugs change a person. I've seen people on meth completely turn into 
psychopaths, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they were not that person before. And so what meth does is it, cre- it can create this intense euphoria, but at the same time, like you said, this intense rage that just comes so abruptly quick. They have no impulse control. Um, they're very impulsive, and they have... Like, they, they don't think before they act. So that's why I don't feel this was a planned out event just by the way it all went down. Right, because he didn't um, know they were going to be there. It's more of, like Ed said, he sees them on the track, you know, and he's, he's already ticked off, you know. What we found in our files that he was grieving over a lost, you know, either a friend or a loved one. Right. He was on meth, likelihood very high, and he was... This Ashley girl, yeah, he was they upset. had a very tumultuous relationship. It was one minute they love each other, the next minute they hate each other, the next minute he's begging her to take him back, you know, domestic violence. So he has all these emotions. He starts on his trek to walk in the woods. It's probably his way to think, you know what, I'm just going to walk it off. And he sees the opportunity, and there comes in no impulse control, you know, and it's on from that moment. Because he's, he blames... And, and I'm sure the girls reacted to him, like, scared, you know, so he's already been going to be even more angry because they're treating him as the creepy guy, you know. Well, so see, he when he, him, when he recognized... Yeah, what? I'm going to show you down the hill. And keep in mind, he's very comfortable breaking horses. So he has no, no qualms about controlling two females. Because if you can break a horse... You've got a pretty domineering personality. Well, Heather, well, see, what I'm saying is, you know, when he actually, because he's upset because he blamed Derek German for Ashley being locked up. He he was upset about that. He told several friends that, that he, was, he blamed Derek German for Ashley being incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And possibly losing her child over that situation. Yeah, yeah. He could have, yeah. He, he could have. So he could have if that, you know, again, that's kind of our rumor mill theory, but he could have even without that theory, without Derek. Keep in mind all those other emotions that we do know is fact. Right. He's raging. He's yeah. drugging. You know, he's impulsive. So, yeah. So with everything that we pointed out there, because where else would the girls would have been? Exactly. You know, who knows that property? Who knows those woods better than him? He does. Garrett Kurtz. Exactly. Now, when you remember when the Indiana State Police said something about uh, you, you were different after the, f- the murders or something yes. to that effect. Um, and I'm thinking that's coming from possibly Ron Logan. Yes. Saying that, hey, before the murders and then. This then, is how Garrett acted. Yeah. And now that this is going on, this is how he's acting. I right. believe. I same. believe that's who it is. Now, here's something that's odd. Now, Ron Logan was on house arrest when this took place. Um, he got in trouble for uh, DWI, I believe it Operating, was, in the habitual offender. Yes, habitual offender. So this guy decides one, one day he's going to take old rolled-up carpet and take it to the city dump and dump it. Right. And they caught it. And when he got arrested, he got arrested when all this happened. Yes. Because when he got arrested, media saw it. And said, whoa, they found the girls on his property. This must be it. This is it. They, they, they solved it. They, dumping carpet. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but they're thinking because they've seen him going away in handcuffs, they're like, oh, man, they got him. Yes. They found the, it makes sense. They found the girls on his property, so he's the one that did it. 
which he was only getting arrested for an unrelated situation, right. which was violating her house arrest. So the judge sends him to prison, okay? So some time after that, his lawyer files for a sentence modification, and they tell the judge the reason for the sentence modification that Ron's Logan's son is not doing that good of a job of taking care of the horses and taking care of the land. Right. And so the judge lets him out and put him back on house arrest. I ain't buying that. Right. That just doesn't <laughs> happen. When a judge sends you to prison because you screwed up a privilege of probation or house arrest, you're done. Right. So why bring him back and put him back on house arrest? I'm just speculating here. I think when Ron Logan got to the Department of Corrections, got a feel of what it's like, and he said, whoa, this is not. I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to somebody. This is not for me. Contacted, reached out, and says, hey, I, got, I, I think I need to tell you something. Exactly. And I think something's been worked out. He's been cooperative because he's right back to where he's at on house arrest. And so I, that's just my opinion. What do you think, Heather? I think that's. I agree, and actually, again, this is part of the rumor mill, but it was, I think, Gar somebody claiming to be Garrett's cousin who said that Ron Logan is the one that called the tip line. So maybe from jail he called the tip line. Who knows? Um, but I believe he did. If he was arrested, he's like thinking, okay, if I do know something, now's the time to speak. So, yeah. and his, uh, Garrett's cousin, if, if that's who she is, okay. uh, also stated that Garrett was acting very strangely, um, wouldn't even bathe himself. Right, the day after. Right after the girls were murdered. Oh, he wouldn't wow. eat. He wouldn't even come out of the room. His mother had to bathe him. Again, that could be a rumor, so I want to put right. that disclaimer right. there. This person claims she is a cousin of his, um, but also stating that Ron Logan called the tip line. Okay. Okay. What did you say? You had and something. I have the actual screenshot property. of. I have the actual screenshot and the comment of her saying what she said about the day after. If you want me to read it. Yeah. Go ahead and read. Okay. And her name, the cousin, is Tiffany Alexander, and she actually posted this in one of those search for the killer sites on Facebook. She said, "I'm going to throw this out there. Garrett Kurtz is my cousin. Anyone calling the tip line on him, trying to get the reward money, can just stop." They started investigating him for this over a week before the new press conference. And Ron Logan is the one that called in the tip. It's been a secret from my side of the family, at least that, wait, hold on, at least that he even knew Ron Logan, let alone that he frequently visited the property. Secondly, if it's him, I pray they get him. My family doesn't condone any of his actions to include actions to include Nicole Bowen's murder. His mother is a hot mess and is in denial, denial over all of this. Mm. But I've also seen comments regarding my family members in his pictures. Just stop reaching. My creepy looking redheaded cousin is the one on his post at the wedding, isn't a murderer and doesn't have any ties to Delphi. Okay, and in the comments, somebody asked Tiffany, uh, and this was Mary Kay Smith, which, again, we don't know who these people are. She said, Tiffany Alexander, how was he acting the next day while you were sitting in the same house with him, and how has he acted since then? And Tiffany Alexander responded with, Mary Kay Smith, he was... Um, he was in, uh, He stayed in a bedroom from the 15th until the 20th, 
didn't come out to eat or use the restroom. His mother had to shower him, and we all simply believed he was withdrawing from Spice. No one, no one ever made the connection. Mm, that's wow, that's crazy. But like I said, we don't know for facts with that, so uh, it's just crazy. So anyway, uh, we'll take a vote, and we'll start with Heather. So with all of the, the different uh, persons of interest, we've heard Daniel Nations and different names and everything and people throwing out on social media and all over the news. Just hypothetical, what do you, what do you think, Heather? Uh, hypothetically, I think that Garrett Kurtz needs to be looked into heavily if he's not already. Um, I believe there is way too many pieces of evidence on his own posts and his own um his own you know videos that very much need to be looked into um even with his own profile he just needs to be looked into heavily as far as the other um previous suspects i do not believe they have any connection no okay well when you say heavily one of them i've looked into and there's not enough credible anything to really say okay i think this person did it Mm -mm. okay but you say looked heavily into i think this guy is is pretty much who the indiana state police is looking at i think this is the man that they can uh prepare a warrant for they are yes yeah okay i think they are i'm just being politically correct right now that i'm saying if he is not being looked into he definitely needs to be looked into. We know he's locked up now, which yeah. is great. So they yeah. have his DNA. Yeah. Um, if there was DNA left, again, we don't know that. Um, but I'm I'm being politically correct by saying, listen, this person is very suspicious. He's already committed a murder, a very similar style, I guess, from what I've heard. Um, so yeah, I think they're already looking into him. But if they're not, please do. <laughs> You're right, right, I agree. All right, Jackie, so what do you think? Um, with everything that we've put together and even the things that we have that we really can't say, um, in my opinion, Garrett Kurtz is the Delphi killer. He is BG, bridge guy. He is um, the person responsible for Abby and Libby's death, in my opinion. And that just goes, and there's so much resemblance between Nicole Bowen's murder and the the Delphi murders. There's so much. It reminds me of the beginning of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna have to agree. I think this is him. I think this is their man. Uh, it all comes down to where and every how it all unfolded. Exactly. He took them across the river because somebody that just don't know where they're going are not going to risk that. No. Only somebody like him would risk that because he know once he gets them across the water, he's home free. Exactly. And that's where he took them in them horse barn somewhere. Now, I know the police searched the property, but, uh, you know, that was a long time before they got there. Exactly. So I really believe with looking at that and the police releasing guys and he's got that all over social media. And this person talking mm-hmm. about his mannerism with him spitting tobacco, he does. Mm-hmm. Everything points towards him. Correct. And I'm willing to bet when they're all done, next press conference is going to be the arrest warrant. 
that they're going to take and serve him. I agree. I hope so. I hope so, too. All right, guys. You know what? Let's keep in mind, too, one one last point. Let's keep in mind, too, that by Ron Logan's own admittance, he said he he did not get home till 6.30. So let's hypothetically say that Garrett knew this. He had... He knew he had that window of time to to go to that property. He knew it was vacant. Yeah. You know, if he was good buddies with Ron Logan, Ron may have said, hey, i got to go pick up some fish tomorrow, so whatever. You know, he knew this. Likelihood yeah. high. So okay. he had that amount of time to do what he wanted to do. You're right. You're right. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> we had a lot to cover. I'm sorry it was so long, but we really did have a lot to cover. Um, and and Jackie, uh, you and, and, and Heather and the rest of the team that's not here, that's not in the studio, you guys done a wonderful job. Thank you. You know, uh, Jackie, how many hours did you put in on this? Um, total now 103 hours. So, goodness. Yeah, my brain hurts just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit yeah there's yep. even things we didn't discuss that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. well it's a lot we didn't cover so um but <laughs> but i really yep, appreciate you guys right, and, and how hard we you got guys the meat work. of it we yeah. got the meat of it out there yeah so. yeah we you guys worked really hard and i think with all the hard work i think oh mr kurt's gonna be in some trouble i agree because i am totally convinced this is the man i you can't convince me of anyone else and I really believe this is the man. So. And I'm also going to put it out there that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. So just letting you guys remember uh, yeah. that. Yeah, you know, we got to say that. You know, he's innocent until proven guilty. Yep. I'm going to have our disclaimers. <laughs> right. All right, guys, we're going to get up out of here. And we <laughs> there's will. there's some suspicious things. Yep. We're going to make an announcement with our next pursuit. So always be watching our Facebook. Um, we are Crime Pursuit Podcast on Facebook, uh, at Crime Pursuit uh, on uh, Twitter, and we are on Instagram as Crime Pursuit Podcast as well. All right, guys, we're going to get up out of here, and we will let you know about the next pursuit. Goodbye. Bye.